Hey guys, we thought that you might want to learn a little bit about our characters for Season 3 coming up. So we've decided to go ahead and do a little bit of a Session Zero, just to sort of walk you through the new setting, new characters, all the new digs. Be sure to tune in on March 19th, because that is when the first episode of Season 3 is going to drop. So with that being said, I've got John and Trent here. Hello. Hey. To kick off Session Zero, John, how about you tell us a little bit about this torture gauntlet that you're going to be running for us? Basically, torturing is very cold, very cold weather. You guys are going to be based in the Great White North. It is... Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Tell me more about it. (laughs) If I could reach through this computer and... (laughs) (laughs) It is a place where the snow never stops falling. It is constantly right at freezing if not more so below it especially at night if you don't have a place to stay or have a fire then you're pretty well a popsicle by morning everything up there in the north has been bred and conditioned to kill and survive it's a great place (laughs) so john why why the uh why the north like is is this just for a little bit of like physical separation to make sure that we don't go down and fix everything that we broke in the past two seasons. I wanted to kind of just give it like a nice refresh. We've got some new faces coming in, figured a new location would kind of help with that a little bit. And in the past two seasons, we've kind of hinted at the surrounding areas, the southern kingdom to the south and the northern reaches. So thought, why not start exploring areas outside of the shattered empire i mean i'm gonna go ahead and say that we find enough trouble with just being a group of people that exist in a place that also making the place that we exist in trying to kill us just seems a little harsh yeah i i I agree (laughs) i mean you guys are experienced now we've got what a couple years under our belts exactly so we know what's up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah shenanigans (laughs) <laughs> right? Is that all you want to say about the Great White North? I think for the time being, I don't want to give too much away. Fair enough. So we know that John is just going to attempt to kill us at every corner because, you know, what? history, I think, would just be hey. the best reason there. Trent, what, what are you bringing to the table to prevent the entire party from dying within 15 minutes? Well, not much. <laughs> Honestly. Perfect. This is kind of a little bit different than what I'm used to. I guess as far as a little hint, the character is Octavian Glimmergaunt, if that is any indication as to what <laughs> class he's playing. And he's a half-high elf, and uh, he's a bard, and he's uh, not a fun bard either. He's a boring bookie, bookworm bard. Eh. It's just very different. It's an exercise in character growth, you know? Breaking out of your shell. I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) You're very refined, uh, stereotypical character shell. It's fine. It could be exciting. Yeah. I don't don't know that that's a... Is that a compliment? Is that an an insult? I'm confused. (laughs) So where did this come from? Like, you, you definitely have a sort of archetype that you lean towards. What made you decide to not do that? I've leaned towards that archetype for about a decade. (laughs) And uh, 
all of my characters are variations on up close stabby stabby kill and just like min maxing the fuck out of everything that i do this one while i guess min maxing is still relevant to buff what i can do it's still very 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 different but that's kind of the the motivation there because it is different because we're going into season three the last two characters i played while different in their own rights are very similar with kind of big personalities and lots of damage and they do one thing really good whereas you know octavian he's more refined he's a different kind of asshole <laughs> I think that's a that's a good way to explain <laughs> it <laughs> this is the first time i think i've ever had like a a build of healing spells yeah so. <laughs> john sort of built up a preview to the world the, or the new area rather for us ahead of character building so we could sort of think it through did that influence anything that you designed octavian around the fact that we were going to be in the snow yeah so i guess without getting too far into it the the way he travels was a big part of the character and I did that specifically to make it as hard as possible to play this character in this setting. Someone who's not from the mm. Great White North, who, who, if on his own, would die, essentially. <laughs> and so the kind of reason for the character being up there, the way he travels, the reason why he travels, was all built around the kind of concept of, hey, let's make this even more difficult than it has to be. And that's kind of the tenon that I want to carry through the character and all the growth is making things as hard as possible for myself and others. And John, you worked, I mean, you worked a lot with all of us as we were sort of building up our characters. So was that something that you helped Trent lean into? Like just making his life be more difficult because of where we are? I, I, I wouldn't say no, but... <laughs> It was definitely like some of the input that he was like, it's like, John, I want to do this. And he's just like, all right, but how about this too? And it's like, all right. You know, from my point of view, you took a lot of the ideas that I had and you developed them into what worked. And so you kind of took the character on the higher level strata and kind of folded him into the actual storyline and the, the campaign and the reason for, you know, everything. So. I would say you were a huge reason for why the character ended up like he did, and that's your fault. I was going to say, I'm not sure whether <laughs> I should be happy about that or... <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> yeah, everything is your fault, John. It normally is. <laughs> Without necessarily getting too far into it, do you have any sort of like new things you are itching to try with the new season, aside from just playing sort of the new kind of character? I want to, and this is going to seem counterintuitive and make no sense when you kind of get into the first few episodes here i want to be a support character like really bad in this season i kind of want to use my character and the story behind it to help really develop some of the other really cool characters that we have really just all the characters and just be kind of instead of a decision maker or the reason for doing something be the motivation behind opening up those stories and making those characters as in-depth as possible. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. See how it turns out. <laughs> yeah. If you live long enough. Hey. <laughs> I actually, for the first time in any campaign, I actually don't have a backup character, which scares the shit out of me because I really want to play this guy. Perfect. Why did you tell John that? <laughs> Excellent. 
that that's the thing you keep to yourself <laughs> the, your most buried secret nah <laughs> now i i feel i feel like uh i feel like if he kills me everybody will be like oh you did that out of spite and then we could turn the masses against him i'll so. just watch you to do it to yourself hey <laughs> what i do and how self-deprecating it is is none of your business <laughs> So John, any uh, any follow-ups given uh, given Trent's little intro to his his character there? Uh, Anything else you want to add? He has a lot of things I can take away from him. <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah, of. I things. think we all do. I think that's I think that's going to be really unfortunate. You guys have a lot of knives. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, Octavian might be dead before you even hear the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Well, I think uh, we've yacked on for it long enough, so... <laughs> Holdenstaff's College of Bardic Knowledge and Lore. The most prestigious and well-known Bardic College in all of the Shattered Empire. So, naturally, of course, my family is a massive donor. I am Octavian Glimmergaunt, Bard Extraordinaire. I have been tasked by Poldenstaff to go out and seek knowledge. My expertise has always been acquisitions. Soon after I graduated Poldenstaffs, I searched for wealthy family, people of import, and cities who could use a little help. Through this, I gained access to political ties and resources that I generally would not have access to. This all granted me a dignity and pull when it came to decisions being made for Poland staff and its grants money and how it was distributed for students outside of their majors. So naturally, being as good as I am at what I do, I convinced Poland staff that we needed to explore more on the Winter Elves. Ah, the Winter Elves. How I did admire them 200 years ago, up in Vanishing. Not much in the way of stories. Of course, being the kind of bard that I am, going to the school that we were, knowledge passed down from generation to generation is fantastic. And though I excel at acquisitions, I had a thirst to explore. I convinced the college to Grant me some money so that I may go up to Elven Runes and find out what was left. Be it that they were so far north, I didn't quite have any real leads. And mostly due to the fact that they are so far north. And those pesky giants and all the other dangerous things that go bump in the night. There wasn't much in the way of actual knowledge. Well, my job is to change that. We will call this Journal Entry Number One. An exciting, juvenile, yet oddly mature, dashing, and let's be honest, incredibly well-read bard on its journey to the Great White North to figure out what happened to the Winter Elves and how the reopening of the plains has affected what was left. Yes, I do believe that this is going to be the greatest story ever told. And I will not only be the main character, the storyteller, and the beneficiary of its plunder, but go down in history 
well, even more so in history than I already was, as the man who figured out what happened to the Winter Elves. Hello, everybody. It's me, Jordan. And it's me, Lara, the new girl. The new girl. Hey. Hey, new girl. Hey. So but not like that show. Not like the show? No. Do you want to talk about it for 20 minutes? No, we should talk about our show. Oh, we could talk about our show. Okay. The show where we play characters, mm -hmm. where I play Goliath and you're playing... Um, a halfling. A halfling. And obviously we decided to do it together because that juxtaposition is just funny of a Goliath Absolutely. and a halfling. You always you always got to do the uh, big guy. Yeah. Small guy thing. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm really excited, actually, because I've I've always wanted to go into a D&D game with like pre-existing relationships, but I've never got that chance before. I think it's probably the best way. It's yeah. the best way to do D&D uh, characters. It's been great so far because, you know, whenever you start a new campaign, you're not like really sure of your character yet. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, nervous, I guess, kind of. But, you know, with Javak, it's been all all good because it's like, well, we already had that relationship and we've written some stuff. And Yeah, I think it, it really helps like solidify a character. Yeah. So much uh, in my other games is like, I don't even know my character. I have a name. I have like a background picked out or something and a class. And then session one is where I figure out who the hell. Really? Oh my God. I'm yeah. opposite. I don't know. I like backstories. They're fun. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll write a backstory, but it usually motivations are left a bit undecided. Where did you get your inspiration for the background of this character? So Javok... Well, it depends on where you want to look. Uh, if you look at purely the voice that I butcher literally every session as a different accent, I got that from an audiobook that I was listening to where one of the characters was like this mountainous, like anti-civilization kind of thing. Like they all lived in tribes and it was all about family. So I guess for anybody wondering, the book is The Way of Kings. Rock's character in my audiobook had this accent and I was trying to essentially copy it. You guys described it as Russian, which uh, means I must be doing it poorly. <laughs> but that's just the voice, the character itself. I didn't really base the character on anything. John gave me free reign with a whole race. He oh, said, nice. you have you have the Goliath of the North, essentially. And so I've been writing a lot about their culture, history, and stuff like that. Nice. But I based a lot of that on, like, I, I, I took Native American and I smashed it over the head with a Viking club. And just <laughs> whatever was left of the rubble, I put together and made these, essentially, ice Native Americans. I guess it'd be a lot like Canadian Native Americans. Good metaphor. <laughs> now I think about it. I like it. Actually, John asked me to do part of the town where Scout is from, too. And that was really fun. I've never done that before. Mm -hmm. What about Scout? What's she based on? What, did, what were you thinking when you were writing, making her? She's pretty... I don't want to say unoriginal. I was very inspired by a song. So she's pretty much exactly based on a song. I did change it a little bit to fit, you know, our... our theme but i love the decemberists and if you know them their songs are like really lyrical and narrative based i've been wanting to make a character based off uh, this particular song for a while and i finally got the chance with this podcast you know if you're a decemberist fan jump on our discord and try to guess a lot of her backstory is kind of based on a decision she might have to make in the future and uh what i'm excited about is i don't know i don't know where that is gonna go because i i usually kind of have goals for a character but i don't with her. I like playing like morally gray characters so the other characters can kind of coach or guide where I end up. 
which is already cool for our dynamic. Yeah. Should we talk about uh, how our characters are connected? Yeah, sure. We can launch into that. So Javok, he had a pretty tragic incident happen to him in the recent like decade i think that basically made him an exile which that's you know whatever goliath adventures are usually exiles it's just kind of how the culture works you're either in the tribe or you're out but he was wandering the waste of the uh you know winter wonderland the winter wonder wasteland <laughs> and jumping town to town with one of the tribe's dogs that he took with him kikio kikio that's how you got the idea for our characters i think to be related because I mentioned yeah. a dog in my story and you're like I have a dog yeah I had already I wrote with my weird writing method I wanted a dog in my story mm-hmm. which I was gonna eat <laughs> at the end <laughs> yeah. of my story but then you were like I need I need a mount I think is what it was yeah because John told me being a halfling I get to uh, I get a mount right and I was like well how about my dire wolf is your mount and that will help solidify our connection so I saved his life. I saved Kiki's life. He kind of did. Yeah. Because I totally would have kept my joke in that I ate him. <laughs> and that would have been a running gag in the show. So I'm wandering the waste and I find a halfling face down in the snow. Hey, surprise, it's me. And because I'm, I haven't mentioned this because I'm a cleric, I revive her. I think I found you just shortly after you died. So I actually revived you. You were dead in I, the snow. Yeah, I think so. Because dead sounds a lot cooler than injured in the snow. <laughs> So I revivified you on the spot, put you on Kikyo's back, and took you to the nearest town. I think it's safe to say I, Scout did not trust you at first, but they spent a long, long nights getting to know each other over the fire and whatnot. So they've developed a, a good close bond in their yeah, own way. For sure. When we were talking about it, I was thinking of Leon the Professional, and then I got that stuck in my head and kind of leaned that way. But that was cool. You know, Scout was out there for a reason. Javok knows that reason. And Javok is the only player and character that know that reason. Aside from John. John knows all. He, yeah. he doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I got I, I wish I could give more, but you know, secrets are fun. It'll so. it'll come out and it'll, it'll be come out. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be much more rewarding if it comes out and play as opposed oh, to just telling for sure. you right out. God, I've got so many things that like never even might come up, but I'm just like God, they're so fun. I, I love building characters, man. It's just, that's my favorite, favorite thing. I think what I like more is building part of a character and then throwing it to John and saying, screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, wrote a, I wrote a perfect character. You can go mess it up somehow. I, I, be fun. I love it when a DM tortures my character. Because angst is the best flavor next to romance, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Was there anything when you were making Javak that you wanted to avoid or like make him different than... Jensen? Just like the attitude more than anything. I didn't want to do Jerry and I didn't want to do Jensen over again. Just keep it fresh. Keep coming up with new ideas. Because for a while there, I was like writing a character down. I'm like, no, this is just Jensen. No, this is Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) You kept the J though. That's one of the things I always like to do. I like to keep my initials in my characters. That's fun. This one only gets the J because Goliath names are just too (laughs) too difficult. And he has a bit of a unique name. Which might come out. Who knows? Ooh. Scout's last name, I haven't mentioned it, is Goodchild. She had a lot of thought because she will definitely tell you she's a good child. She's a very good child. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect child. Would never do any wrong. No, never. Rogues never do wrong. Especially not with Javakram. Yeah. I am really excited. I really like their dynamic. I think 
not to toot our own horns, but we probably have the best characters. I mean, uh, the best obviously. character coupling, right? Yeah, I think so. It's really cool too that we're going in with like Yumi and the other pairing, but we're for sure better. <laughs> Absolutely. What about you? Were you trying to avoid anything or do anything different than some of your other characters, or? I was generally with all my characters. Like I play bards because I'm a bard at heart, and they're very bardy, which is the mild way of bardy, saying bardy, pretty bardy. slutty. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, slutty, jokey characters, sarcastic, don't shame me. They're fun for me. And, you know, I'm kind of good at it. So with this, I was afraid of coming off as really one note, especially in a group with all guys. It's just very easy to be the female character. Not right. saying that romance will never happen with Scout, because I do Ooh. love me some romance. But, Love is in the air. Yes, uh, but not <laughs> not um, hoary sex, <laughs> which is uh, what some of my other characters do. You know, it's just fun. It's also fun making a DM uncomfortable. So, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I, I I I I hope you do make John uncomfortable somehow, <laughs> even if you have to do it in a different way. Oh, I will. I'll figure it out. <laughs> so yeah, Scout's more serious than any character I've ever done. So I'm pretty excited to do that. All right. Cool. Well, I think we should uh, let them hear our characters, don't you? Yeah. An ostentatious half-elven man sits in front of a crackling hearth, his business-like demeanor giving a general sense of superiority. The wave of his hand, he addresses the two individuals in front of him. I am in pursuit of associates for a financial venture and would seek your employment if only I knew of your expertise, experience, and or qualifications. The tall goliath man, dressed in food-stained clothes and an apron too small for his frame, slowly opened his mouth as if looking for the words to say. You mean you want adventurers? Some kind of bodyguards? Or someone who can guide you so that you do not die in the harsh snow? Lacking in eloquence, but simply put, yes. That is exactly what I'm looking for. Then you are asking the right people. Yes, well, I imagine a Goliath of your caliber has survived many winters. Excuse me, I do not mean to be rude, but I was referring to her. The Goliath's thick branch-like finger pointed down to the small halfling girl running food and drink to inpatients. Red hair, now barely visible, scampering around tables, a white wolf dog close at her heels. Me? I have seen her work. She's wasted in inns. When I met her, she had successfully tracked down a killer, several miles into the wilderness, on foot and alone. Octavian looked thoughtful for a moment, then a hand pulled at the Goliath. Hey, hey, Jay, that, that isn't what happened. But it is the truth. You did track a man alone, and he was a killer in the end, even if you were unsure he was the right man. So, sir, would you be interested in hiring her? Well, my interest has been piqued, but more interesting to me is how you talk as if you are unwilling to be a part of this endeavor. I would be willing to pay well for a man of your strength. I am afraid I am a man of the gods, and I must follow my purpose as such. I cannot seek your employment. Hmm, I see. Well, that is truly a shame. Yet here we are, working as a cook in the inn. It serves my purpose. Which is? With all due respect, sir, I must return to my duties in the kitchen. Please, consider my friend for your financial venture. And if I hire the girl, where do you go? I? 
will follow my purpose. The Goliath looked back at the small halfling wrapped in wolf dog hair before disappearing through the kitchen door. The small halfling quickly stood up. Uh, thank you for your consideration? Uh, Kiko, come. Jay, that guy's a... he's a bard. You know how I don't... I don't... I don't trust him. Do you? No, I don't trust him, but this is a good opportunity for you. And I think it will help you see not all bards are evil, just eccentric. Hey everybody, it's Corey and I'm here with Justin to talk a little bit about our characters for the season three of the Do or Dice podcast. He's a new member, he's going to be joining us and we have kind of a collab character thing going on. Absolutely. Hey folks, it's nice to really speak with you for the first time. So I'm kind of excited to get into this stuff a little bit. So, you know, we got a lot of a lot of juicy deets to share here, but nothing, nothing too juicy. I mean, got to leave something up to... To find out, right? We got some medium rare, juicy sort of Me- like medium rare, some like maybe like flank steaks. Yeah, perfect. We have some flank steak deets here for you. Like, uh, we could tell you who we're playing, kind of. Yeah, I mean, we're both playing Tabaxi. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's that's kind of the the high point of all this. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I, for instance, I'm playing an older Tabaxi, which I think I might be the youngest person in the group. Playing the oldest <laughs> character, maybe. Well, I guess one of these people doesn't might be older, but only by the number, you know. Yeah, elven bullshit. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's about uh, getting close to about forty years old. His name is Set. You know, Tabaxi go by their their nicknames. Conversely to that, I'm actually one of the older members of the group, and I'm playing the youngest character. He is only nineteen. And he's sort of the understudy of set. His name is Flo. Yeah, so playing the two tabaxi here, we already kind of had a little bit of a, uh, you know, a bit of camaraderie through race, I suppose. But the big thing here is we have this kind of power dynamic going between a, a mentor and his student. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of turning that, that trope a little bit and getting into... I guess a little di- bit of a deeper side of a very unique kind of relationship. So... Again, I'm I'm just so excited to crack all this stuff open, but oh. unfortunately, it has to wait for the for the podcast. <laughs> I know it uh, never seems fast enough, man. But uh, you know, in the meantime, little teasers are nice. That's true. I, so, <laughs> I I've been uh, listening to a lot of the same music that's been getting me into this headspace to to work with Set. Oh, really? Set's got you know uh, a a little bit of a uh, uh, a shadow behind him. And there's a lot of inspiration that I'm getting from things like uh, I've been listening to a lot of Candle Mass lately, a lot of Spirits Adrift, you know, kind of stuff. There's, you know, some old school Black Sabbath, oh. you know, and the, the, the greats, a lot of Iron Maiden and, you know, Megadeth and so on. I, I would say that he's a really metal inspired character, but I don't think that really does it justice. You know, it's, it's a lot deeper than that. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's got... Uh, I actually... It's kind of not fair to the others to say this, but he's my favorite character that we've created on the podcast or had created on the podcast so far. It's pretty, (laughs) seriously, I like him. I like Set a lot and it's helping me a lot with Flo. I did not have a whole lot of inspiration for Flo, to be honest with you. Everyone else in the podcast picked a fucking caster. So I picked, I picked a fighter and he's 
well, exactly what I was trying to avoid for Season 3. He's another dex-based fighter with, like, combat maneuvers, sort of like Goshen was for Season 1 and Season 2. So, I failed at avoiding the things that I wanted to, but nonetheless, I am having fun. But you know what? Is Since it's something that you're a little bit more comfortable with, I think it's going to make it a lot easier to kind of crack into the, the nitty-gritty of, you know, who Flo is as a person. Oh, I absolutely agree. You know, and, like, the and the things that he's going through and has been through and... And, you know, I think it's going to help to create this relationship. Yeah. They're both martial, you know, classes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we were putting this all together, I was thinking to myself, I, I tend to play too many like big stocky characters that are just, you know, like in your face and, you know, usually soaking up a lot of hits and, like you know, like clerics and paladins, defensive fighters and stuff. And I wanted to kind of get away from you know, that aspect as, as well, you know, like the technical oh, yeah. fighter type. So I chose a ranger for my class. I, I was hoping to kind of pick the widely considered worst possible class, <laughs> <laughs> hoping to give myself, you know, a lot of uh, a range to move and make something really exciting happen. So yeah, I'm also really excited to to put a little bit of my, my perceived talent <laughs> on show. I'm an aspiring voice actor, so I'm going to be uh, adding a little bit of a, a Scottish flair to set as time goes on. I'm hoping I can keep it up in, in if we have any listeners from across the pond who uh, are more familiar with the accent. I hope they don't take too great offense to it. <laughs> and they listen to me do whatever the hell Goshen's accent was for two seasons. I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, with, with that, with all things considered. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, I don't know where I was going with um, his accent. But yeah, no, I you've done some of your like voice acting stuff for us and that's actually kind of pushed me to try to be a little better with mine i'm not going with an accent nearly as crazy as yours is it's more sort of a like a poshish thing <laughs> i don't know i wouldn't necessarily call it english maybe it kind of is i don't know you'll hear it it's it's just it's it's much more soft-spoken i think yeah you know because i think in, a, in media you know we have this really heavily ingrained concept of you know like these very confident, very like proud warriors, uh, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Ooh, voice crack, for lack of a better <laughs> word. But I, I, I like, we have this dynamic with set and flow, and I really like the way that you present flow. He, he almost seems to have this, you know, much more calm, calculated demeanor without, you know, branching into that just like strong, silent type kind of way. You know I what appreciate I mean? that. I, I sort of felt the same way about set as well. Like Trent has played some, I don't, I don't want to say edgy characters, but sort of like uh, ill-mannered characters. But set comes across as like perfectly crotchety and in like the most entertaining ways. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's, I, I like the, uh, the approach that we have for this season. I think you guys are really going to like the the theme going on here and and the way that we all came together i i think it's a really unique introduction and in that situation you know i had this you know this challenge thrust upon me because <laughs> as fun as it is to play a character who's disagreeable <laughs> it's it's hard to keep that kind of character involved it's it's hard to make it not be a problem right you know so i i, I tried my best to to slide myself into that you know that spot and i think i think it's working out pretty good so far you know we got a little bit of backlog going you know yeah. things it's early enough things could still go wrong but <laughs> i might have a secondary character planned out already we'll see <laughs> I, I i think i might be six or seven layers deep <laughs> on that one so bring it on john <laughs> nothing wrong with nothing wrong with playing it for the worst right oh no. yeah bring it on we're going down together <laughs> damn right That's whether Corey wants it or not <laughs> 
Oh, man. Uh, I can't stop myself, really, from putting together ideas. It's like it, they spiral out of control for me. You know? Oh, yeah. I, like, I, I read a lot of manga these days, and I wound up getting my hands on a leather-bound copy of Berserk. Oh, dude. And, you know, getting back into it and going through the whole, you know, you know, Black Swordsman arc and all that fun stuff. I, I just, it's so tough to not make edgy characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Berserk is, oh, so good for that, man. Oh, it's so, it's so good. You know, Miura, his, his art does just as much of evoking feeling as the words that the, you know, that make up the story yeah. uh, are, or is. I didn't really make a proper sentence there, but... <laughs> What I'm getting at is I'm trying to draw a little bit of inspiration from the show don't tell aspect of storytelling and I'm going to try to work a little bit more with the unspoken features of set. I think so. I think that's an awesome idea because I, I feel like there's a lot of times that you, uh, you know I've made the mistake in my D&D career as well where it's like I just monologue my story out and it's like, uh, I don't know. There's got to be better ways. So I like that approach. Yeah, it's it's difficult because you, you can't always trust uh, all the other players in the group to try to get information out of you. Right. We don't really have that problem with this group, but every now and then you'll get that golden girls group <laughs> of players and everybody's kind of playing off of each other. Most times you wind up having to kind of fend for yourself with that. Oh, yeah. And if you want people to get interested in your character, you have to kind of do it yourself. So I think if everything goes according to plan, <laughs> I'm hoping that we can get the book open for everybody here and give the, you know, the listeners a really, you know, tasty treat with, <laughs> with every every little session, you know. Speaking of tasty treats, we have a small teaser of our characters for you guys to listen to right now. What if someone recognizes us? Just relax, relax. This is a simple task, especially for the likes of us four. Let me do the talking from here on out and we'll be golden. Yes, sir. Well, indeed, sir. We're going the well-spoken round. Seg. Call me Seg. Right. Force of habit. Sorry, sir. Set. Let's head inside. Better late. Mm-hmm. The two tabaxi padded quietly into the room as the fire waned in the hearth. Octavian rolled a coin over his fingers, studying them as they entered. The heavy stillness of the air was broken by the rasp of the elder feline drawing his wooden pipe from his mouth lazily. Damn fine tavern, this one. Yes, indeed. It's, uh, favorable. With stillness filling the air once more, the general irritation of the older tabaxi grew palpable. His eyes rested half-lidded, intent on drawing a response from the half-elf across the room. To a side, the pale white fur of his companion bristled with what seemed to be excitement. After a pause to inspect the younger tabaxi, Octavian resumed. As you may know, I'm looking for guards. A group made up of the most talented and capable adventurers this land has to offer. Or at least what I can find. I was actually very surprised to learn from the quench up at the bar that there was two capable people in a place like this. You'll not find a more capable set of men this far north. We're both veterans of combat. I myself being a decorated sharpshooter and an exceptional dragger. This lad here learned all he knows from myself and his father, and we trust each other for it. I wouldn't say everything, 
but we've seen our fair share of battle and done plenty of hunting and exploring. I'd wager money on us. Ah, well, warfare isn't quite the setting I'm looking for, but I'm sure the experience is valuable nonetheless. Which war did you fight in? Well, when the black... Uh, mostly local skirmishes. Uh, nothing on the grand scale. Uh, not much to fight for up this way, unless you plan to grow crops on ice or hunt deer in dead forests. Hmm, quite. Well, at least for entertainment's sake, I'm sure you have some stories that I would like to hear. For the right amount of coin, you might. We're the right men for the job, so let's talk money, yeah? Ah, a man of business. I see. Well, as it's one of the more important points, let's get down to it. It seems that you might just fit in fairly well. Thank you.